welcome to Our Parents Did What? A tour of the parenting perils of yesteryear. I'm Diane Aragona. And I'm your co-host, Jen Tierney. Join us as we travel back in time to take a look at the sometimes unbelievable history of parenting. Hi, Diane. Hello, Jen. How are you? I'm good. How are you feeling? I've got a little cold, but I'm hanging in there. That's good. That's good. I mean, I think that a cold is kind of a boon for podcasters because usually a cold means that you get that like deep, sexy radio voice. So mm. <laughs> I, I think that's what we're going to be treated to with you today. <laughs> Let's hope so. I'll get my sultry, my sultry tones. On. Oh, yeah. A little bit of extra vocal fry in there. Mm, yeah. It's just lovely. It's great. <laughs> So would you care to share your your mom moment of the week? I would love to. Mine's a pretty quick one. So two of my very close friends, uh, I'll give them a little shout out, Chrissy and Michelle, they got married this week. Oh, yeah. And so we took them out. They did just uh, a very small, like intimate ceremony at their house with just their families. And so later in the week, we took them out to brunch to celebrate and we brought the baby. And this was the first time in a while that we've like gone out to eat with her. And it was the first time that she could actually sit in a high chair by herself. <gasps> Ooh, big moment. Yeah. And so we we had to like put a little pillow behind her. Yeah. She's kind of small. But you know, we sat her down with a toy. And it was like the first time because we, we go out with her quite a bit. We try to at least. But it was the first time we've gone out where I could like sit her down and she was she could pretty much keep herself entertained you know for short periods of time but i felt like a little bit normal like i could sit and like eat my food and use both hands oh it's so magical when you hit one of those big milestones where it's like oh my god this this is so much easier than it was a few weeks ago yeah exactly and she you know she needs still a lot of attention, but she could sit for short bursts and like do her own thing and play with her toy. And I could actually have an adult conversation for like five minutes. And <laughs> it was really nice. And she did a great, she was very, I hate to say well-behaved because like kids are kids. <laughs> yeah. She, she, I think she's really getting a, like good with being out and about, which is good. That's great. Oh, I'm yeah. so happy for you. Thank you. It <laughs> That's felt a good. good. One. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a human. Yes. Yay. <laughs> yeah. What about you? So I'm in the middle of a mom moment. Uh, this this week is a very a long mom moment <laughs> because Ooh. so Emma is turning five tomorrow. And, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> and she's like that age now. Like this is the year when Christmas is going to be a huge deal. Birthdays are a huge deal. Like we're in that sweet spot where she's really hyper aware of it being about her. She's into it. She has expectations, like, you know, so there's a lot. And she's got a lot of things that she wants. And I'm the kind of person where I just want to give her all the things that she wants, you know, like I want her to have the birthday experience that she wants. So her her party is going to be unicorn themed because she's super into unicorns right now. So I'm like doing all the unicorn stuff. But her so her party is on Saturday. And it's gonna be small. It's just a couple kid friends coming over and, you know, like a, a glorified play date with unicorns. But her birthday is tomorrow, Wednesday. And so I wanted to give her something that would make that specific day special. And so last week, she was being super goofy. And which happens very often with her. She just gets like totally manic in her like <laughs> expression of herself and she turns into a real goofball. And so I asked her what kind of a cake she wanted last week. And she said, Mom, I want a 
butt cake. And she thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. She was like, I want it to look like a big butt. Butts, 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 butts. Like she just <laughs> on and on and on about wanting a butt cake. And it's quite possible that she has forgotten now that it is a week later because she's still four and, you know, their minds are like goldfishes sometimes. But yesterday when I was picking up party supplies at AC Moore, I found peach colored fondant and immediately went, I shall make her a butt cake. Oh, my God. Are (laughs) you really? I am. I'm making a butt cake. I'm so proud of you. Like, this is like, this is mom of the year status. I'm right so here. excited. I just, like, I really hope I can pull it off because, first of all, I've never sculpted with cake before. So that's a big <laughs> hurdle. I've never worked with fondant. I mean, I've I've enjoyed watching a lot of fondant creations on, like, the Food Network and things, but I've never worked with it myself. And I also, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself to deliver on this when I have zero time to do anything this week. (laughs) But she's also four. So I feel like if it remotely looks like a butt, like if it has some type of crack, (laughs) she's going to love it. I know. I'm sort of like her expectations for this are probably like at zero because she doesn't know what's happening. So anything, anything that is a cake and kind of resembles a butt, she's going to love. Exactly. And then like... On Saturday, I have, like, her big giant unicorn cake that, like, I'm going to make as well. And I just don't – like, I constantly bite off more than I can chew. And this week is a great example of that. So we'll see in in a couple weeks' time when I report back to you. I'll I'll let you know how it went. I want photo evidence of the butt cake. Oh, yes. I'll put up (laughs) – I'll definitely put up photo evidence of the butt cake. Good. In the show notes. excited. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. This is going to be something that she's going to look back on when she's, like, 16 and and crack up. Oh, that's a good pun. (laughs) Oh, my God. Look at me. (laughs) I love it. Maybe I'll bring back the butt cake for her seaweed 16. And all of her friends will be like, what is wrong with your mom? And I'll be like, you don't even know. She wanted this when she was five. She'll be so embarrassed. Oh, I mean, what else is a mom there for when you're 16 I mean, years really? old than to embarrass you? It's true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Diane, I have a great topic today. I'm so excited. Yeah. So so this butt cake is a surprise for Emma. This episode is a surprise for you. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really, really hoping that you have never heard of this before. I will be slightly disappointed if you're like, oh yeah, I already know all about this. So, I mean, like, get your acting hat on in case you already know about it. Just I'm going to just, yeah. Because <laughs> it'll break my heart if you already know about it. <laughs> all right. So today we are going to talk about the two years in the history of the American postal system when you could mail children. I had no idea. <laughs> Not not joking, not pretending. What? I came across this by mistake. I don't I think I was researching chicken pox or something like that and and somehow it was like, you know, this is by far not the weirdest thing done with children in the history of America. For instance, we used to mail them and I was like, click the link, click the link. <laughs> mail them where and why and how? <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to tell you all about this because it is fascinating. So, prior to 1913, you could not mail through the United States Postal Service a package over four pounds. You had to use a private delivery company if you wanted to do that. Okay. 
And so there were all these companies and businesses and things that just like couldn't reach rural America. If you lived in the middle of nowhere, like in Ohio or Idaho or Nebraska or wherever, like you weren't getting things the way somebody who lived in a city could get those things because things just didn't get delivered to you. And you couldn't deliver things to other people. That kind of sucks. I know. It was just, it was very isolating, I think. So on January 1st, 1913, the United States Postal Service announced the introduction of Parcel Post. And from then on, or starting on that date, you could mail things that were under 11 pounds. Eventually that increased to 50 pounds over the course of, I guess, the, the next year or so. But initially it was 11 pounds. So two weeks after the parcel post was introduced, the first child was shipped through the mail. <laughs> That's really fast. Right? Just like somebody was like, oh, look, I can ship things up to 11 pounds. I've got something that's under 11 pounds. My baby. <laughs> yeah. They saw this announcement of parcel posts and they were like, oh, thank God, because I have been meaning to ship my son. I know, like, right? <laughs> or like just people thinking to themselves, like, what? what could I ship? Like, what What are the limits to this? Let's find out. Let's ship my baby. So Jesse and Matilda Bogue, maybe? B-E-A-U-G-E? Bogue? I would say Bogue. Yeah. Jesse and Matilda Bogue mailed their eight-month-old son, James. James Bogue. <laughs> Poor little guy. He must have been so scared. He was so little from, from Glen Est, Ohio, to his grandmother's house five miles away in Batavia, Ohio. So it was a short trip. It was just five miles. So it wasn't like, you know, a day-long journey or anything. But I guess they wanted to see if they could. And so they did. And the the part of this that was really interesting to me... So actually, let, let's cover like some other statistics real quick. So to ship James cost 15 cents. Wow. <laughs> and he was insured for $50. Stop. So, You're kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so you could be making all of this up right now and I would eat it up. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? I was like, geez, how much would you insure a baby for today? <laughs> oh my God, right? <laughs> like I'm comparing everything to today's standards. So the thing that I, w I found really interesting about this that that is sort of like besides the point, it's not really the point of the story, but the weight limit was 11 pounds. This was an eight-month-old baby. This was a tiny baby. Oh, wait, yeah, you're right. I'm just right? thinking that because like, my daughter is six months and yeah. she's already over 15 pounds. Yes. Yes. So my baby is five months and is almost 15 pounds. This baby was eight months old and Were under babies 11 smaller pounds. Than? I guess. Maybe they weren't fed as much. I don't know. Well, people know. were smaller too. That so is I true. Wonder. But I mean, were they that much smaller? I don't know. The whole thing seemed to me like, I don't know if I would be comfortable mailing my eight-month-old period. But then if they were so small, <laughs> like, whoa, don't they need extra extra care? <laughs> like, super extra care? Because they're so tiny? I know they were only go. I'm sure you're going to answer this question. I'm getting mm -hmm. ahead of my... I'm just going to stop. <laughs> Keep going. Because <laughs> I have too many questions. I know there's a lot of questions. I don't know that I'll be able to answer them all, but I, I have a few <laughs> stories and then we can, you know, get into your questions if they still remain. So great. All right. So now we'll talk about the most famous case of a child traveling by mail. And her name was Charlotte May Pierstorff. They were called her May, though. She, she didn't go by Charlotte. So little May was four years old. 
on February 19, 1914, and she lived in Grangeville, Idaho. And so it was unclear to me whether or not she had ever met her grandmother or if she had never met her, if it was sort of like she had been born and just had not met her grandmother yet. But she was like, mom and dad, I want to go meet grandma or I want to go see her. And she lived, her grandmother lived on the other side of this really treacherous mountain pass that didn't have any roadways through it to get to the other side. Where did she live? She lived in Lewiston, Idaho, her, her grandmother, 75 miles away. And so there was no way to get there other than train. And the ticket to take the train to Lewiston from Grangeville was $1.55 for her alone if she traveled by herself. That was expensive back then. Right? Yeah. So her parents wouldn't have accompanied her on the train and she would have had to go by herself. And that was a full day's pay for her father. So he was like, I can't afford to send you to see your grandmother. It's just not going to happen. So instead... The father came up with this great idea because his wife's cousin worked for the post service on that rail line. And so he was like, all right, well, would you courier, like, would you, would you like (laughs) bring my child to her grandmother's house through the mail? Like, I'll ship her. (laughs) So, (laughs) so they, like, they bring May to the post office early in the morning on February 19th. The cousin meets them there. They weigh her, and she weighed in at 49 pounds, and... Oh, just made the cutoff, just right? just made the cutoff, and they decided to to send her baby chick rate. <laughs> they were like, what rate should we send her? Like, what is, she's not... She's like a living thing, so we have to send her, like, animal rate, but then they had to pick, like, a specific animal, so she was shipped as a baby chick. Oh, <laughs> cute. Very cute. <laughs> so her... The cost to ship her was 53 cents. Her postage was 53 cents. (laughs) So they glued the postage onto the back of her coat and and handed her off to her cousin. And she got on a train for the very first time in her life and rode the train, like the the day-long train ride over to Lewiston and stayed with her grandmother for a little while. It does, uh, there's no information about her return journey, so I that don't know. That was going to be my question. Did she get mailed back? I have no idea. I don't know if her parents like came out and retrieved her, or if she got mailed back, or like that part's unclear. So, so she didn't have to be in a box. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. She like traveled in the mail car and like hung out, and the and the guy who worked on the train, who's like the conductor, came through to check tickets and was like, "What's this child doing here?" where's your ticket? And she like turned around and was like, I'm being mailed. (laughs) And he was like, okay. (laughs) I mean, it's a pretty brilliant loophole. (laughs) It is a great loophole, right? Like I was picturing children being like stuffed in boxes. This is much better. Yes. This is is totally like, like, (laughs) when they mailed the baby, I mean, someone had to be holding. Yes. Yeah. The The mail carrier like picked him up from the parent's house and held him in his arms and like put the baby into the the mail buggy or truck. I don't know if they had a truck yet. I think it was probably well, still then, like I a mean, a carriage. There were no car seats anyway. So he yeah, just he would threw it. He would have been the, rolling yeah. around in the back. I know. Either way. <laughs> so just like put it into the delivery vehicle and then like did his route and ended up in in the other town and dropped <laughs> him off. <laughs> and like so anyway, so. 
I was researching May a little bit, and I discovered that there is a lovely children's book written all about her and her adventure. No! Yeah, it's called Mailing May. It's by Michael O'Tunnel, illustrated <gasps> by Ted Rand, and I read it, and it's lovely. And it's just all about her little her little journey. The artwork's beautiful, and so I recommend if you have children you want to read to them, this is a great book. And... I don't know if this overlapped with you when you were in school at all, but there's this this funny thing called Flat Stanley. Are you familiar with Flat Stanley? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Flat Stanley is like this exercise that young children do where you pretend to like male Stanley places because in this story he's flat and he can do all these things that only you could do if you were flat, like get sent through the mail. But May was actually sent through the mail, not flat. <laughs> so so people say like, oh, no, use May as your, yeah. like, where does May go when she travels via the mail <laughs> instead of Flat Stanley? And so I thought that was really great. Like, let's let this little girl named May take over from fictional Flat Stanley. <laughs> that is great. I love that. So we didn't have Flat Stanley when I was in school, but mm-hmm. a lot of my students oh, okay. have. In fact, I, I went to go teach a piano lesson last year and... One of my students was working on a poster of Flat Stanley. He went to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Very nice. There you go. <laughs> See, he gets all over the place. May only went to one place, but I mean, she can posthumously well, travel all over now. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I believe she passed away in like the mid 1900s or the mid 1990s. And the guy who wrote this book like just missed, like he found out about her just a little while after she passed away, I believe. So he talked to the postmaster about her instead of to her directly. But anyway, so, uh, okay, so now we will we'll move on to the, the repercussions of May's adventure. So afterwards, this story made it into the newspaper. James's story also made it into the newspaper, and everyone wanted to mail their child after James Bogue went through the mail because people were like, oh, I want to do this too. It's so cute. And then, <laughs> so, so then May got sent through the mail in 1914 and Albert S. Burleson, Buzzkill, Postmaster General, heard about it and banned the acceptance of humans as male. <laughs> what was his name? Alfred? Albert S. Burleson. Yes, okay. Albert. So oh, come um, on, Al. I know. Kill all the fun. Just such a killjoy. So, however, people would not be deterred. So there were still <laughs> there were still a few instances of people mailing children over the next few years. So later that year, there was a woman in Florida who had a six-year-old daughter and mailed her 720 miles to her father's home in Virginia. <gasps> It's the longest known journey for a child through the mail. That is a long trip. That's really long. <laughs> it must have been multiple Especially days. Then. I know. Just like who you fed her? I don't know. <laughs> I guess the mail carrier who she was with. Like you always had to be accompanied, I assume, or like hand it off. I don't know. The whole thing is sort of <laughs> a little vague. <laughs> and like, think about that as a parent nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. if you think about that, like. That's a multiple day trip. There are no phones. There are no cell phones. They're they're moving constantly, so there's not even a way really to get a letter. You have no idea where your child is at any given moment. Uh-huh. You're just kind of sending her off and hoping she makes it. Yes. That is yes. That's it. You got it. So so I mean, I think when I was little, I know that you could I think you still can do this. You can send a child 
over a plane, you know, like you can bring them to the gate. Yes. Give them to like a stewardess and they watch the child on the plane and then somebody comes and picks them from the gate at the end of the journey. But even that to me seems kind of like intense and I'd want my child to be at least a certain age. But this is like, like at least like 10. Right? Yeah, right. I know that I know that Joe's parents did it with him to send him to Connecticut to visit his grandparents. And he'd take like the little Cape airplane that, you know, it's like, you know, a 10 seater or whatever. Right. To do that. I don't know how old he was. I think he was little, but I don't think he was like six. Might have been. I don't know. I should ask him. Yeah. <laughs> when were you mailed to see your grandparents? <laughs> it feels like the closest thing we have today to this. <laughs> Although not nearly as cost effective. No. Oh, my goodness. So the last known child shipped through the mail. Let's talk about him real quick. So, or sorry, her. It was a girl. It was not a boy. All right. So in August of 1915, Maud Smith, who is three years old, was shipped 40 miles through Kentucky from her grandparents' home to visit her sick mom. Well, that's sweet. I know. Although it makes me sad because I figure she was living with her grandparents because her mom couldn't take care of her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the person who allowed her to be shipped uh, got into a lot of trouble for it because it was like, you can't you can't do that anymore. It's against the rules. And so I don't know. It sounds like he was trying to do a favor for someone who really needed it. Exactly. So I was like, oh, what a, what a good guy. So in 1920, it became a federal crime to ship children through the mail. That was the end of it. Can't do it anymore. Wow. <laughs> so as we've sort of brought up a few times as we've talked through the episode, this idea that the people would actually hand their child over to a mail carrier seems like ludicrous. Like who would just do that? But this is where culturally, socially, it's so much different than it is today because It shows that at that time in history, mail carriers were incredibly trusted members of the community because often they were the only person who a family or a person who lived alone in a really rural, you know, remote home would see on a daily basis. Like this was the person who came by your house every day and would check on you, would sort of would say hello, would see how you were. So there are accounts of mail carriers delivering babies, saving people's lives, helping people when they were sick because they were there. So you knew your mail carrier really well. And so people were like, of course I trust Leonard to bring my baby a town over because I see him every day and he's a lovely man and I know his wife and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I think like that's where it's different. I would never, I mean, like I like my mail carrier just fine, but I wouldn't personally hand him anything of any great importance to, like, bring somewhere for me. No. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So the last thing I wanted to say about this is, for whatever reason, I don't don't really know why, they decided to sort of, like, not advertise it, but use the idea of shipping babies through the mail as, like, a cute PR thing. So there are a couple very famous pictures of mail carriers with babies in their mail sacks, and obviously... They did not carry babies in mail sacks because, as you will recall, diapers were not actually leak-proof until, like, later. And you wouldn't put a baby in a diaper in with other people's mail. So True story. If you see any pictures of mail carriers carrying a baby in their mail sack, that is just staged silliness. (laughs) (laughs) False advertising. Absolutely. They did not do that. They carried them, like, in their arms. (laughs) That's insane. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
So do you have any any questions about this that I might well, be able to answer? I think right? you I think you answered most of them. Mm-hmm. You know, my main concerns were like who's feeding them, mm-hmm. who's carrying them. Now that I know they're not in boxes, I feel yes. a lot better. <laughs> yes, they're not. You know, with, I'm, I'm imagining like little air holes poked in like a cardboard box. I know, right? Well, I mean, I know that like children are obviously so much different than other things, but I know that like, have you read Where the Red Fern Grows? Yes. Yes. So at the beginning of that story, that little boy really wants two hound dogs and he has two hound dogs shipped to the nearest post office, you know, like however many miles away in some city. And they're just in a box with air holes. And he goes and picks up the box. (laughs) Yeah. And that's just that was fine. That's how you would ship baby chicks. You would put them in a box with some air holes. (laughs) There are a lot of things that were fine then that are not fine. (laughs) Yes. yes. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that there's a way that animals are still transported that are probably a little bit questionable today, but I know. but I don't know. I mean, but that's not for this podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. This is not a this is not a podcast about that topic. <laughs> oh boy! So I hope that this was uh this was entertaining for you. <laughs> oh my god, this was so entertaining, and I had n- no knowledge of this, and it was the best surprise. Oh good, I'm so glad. I was like, oh my gosh, I really hope she hasn't heard about this because it's. No. I had never heard of it. I was like, how is this a thing? Imagine if I was like, oh, yeah, I own that book. Yeah, right. Oh, yes, that's Rini's favorite. I read it to her every night. We love May. Oh, my God. So, yeah, but definitely pick up a copy. It's really good. I guess that's that's it for me. That's all the, the child mailing information I have. Nice. I love it. So... If you would like to see some pictures of mail carriers and babies and the Postal Service and the history of this insanity, (laughs) you can head over to our website, opdwpodcast.com, and take a look at the show notes for today. We are also on social media. You can find us at opdwpodcast on Instagram and Twitter. We uh, would love to hear from you. If you have any ideas of things that we should talk about, you can send us an email at opdwpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to we'd love to hear about, you know, whatever you might think we should talk about next. And also, if you have any interesting mom or dad moments that you want to share with us, you can hit us up with a hashtag on Twitter or Instagram, hashtag mom moment or dad moment. And, uh, and maybe we'll read it on the show. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and one last thing. Uh, our music is by Theo Rosenberg. So thank you, Theo. Thanks, Theo. All right, I think that's it for us. Until next time. Don't ship your baby through the mail. Bye.